for joining us. This is the Geek Down, the show where two geeks sit in front of microphones and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Hey, my name's Jordan Ferguson. And he had to turn away while I was doing the intro because uh, he's a jerk face. <laughs> And that, those are the rules, <laughs> that jerk faces have to turn around when I'm doing the intro. And the police are coming for me. Yeah. Listeners, what are you going to do once it's cool enough to shut the window in here and you don't get the ambient sounds of my neighborhood? I think they'll miss it, really. Yeah. Oh, it's a fire truck. <laughs> this neighborhood is always on fire. <laughs> There are many ways you can listen to the Geek Down Podcast. First and foremost, of which is soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Follow us there. You'll get a notification every time a new episode goes online. As well, iTunes. Hey, it's Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? No, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is, which means I definitely don't know what day this episode is going to go live. <laughs> if you subscribe to us on iTunes, it does not matter. It doesn't matter at all. It'll just arrive because fairies or sprites or gnomes will deliver it. You'll just be like, hey, I wonder if there's a new episode of Geek Down. You check your phone. Maybe you'll have one. Maybe you don't. If you have one, you'll be Soup's app. Yeah, Soup's app. Oh, Lord Almighty. Kate, how was your week? Uh, it was good. I am starting a new job, so there's a lot of rushing around. Um, we did a very good job, by the way, of never putting out there. You would like allude to it in the weirdest ways. <laughs> that you Just were. People who, so people who knew, knew I was... That you were sans employment I for, was, for a little bit? That I, yeah. That my big mouth got... My ass, fought, my ass fired, as I like to put it. No, it wasn't. It, I don't know that that was totally what happened. And we don't need to get into it. But no. it was. I just, for anyone who's curious, I am a problem solver. And my the new manager did not like that I was showing him up with my problem solving capabilities. And fired me, we think. They actually don't have to tell me. So I never knew why I got fired. Never well, knew. Well, it wasn't technically my contract was terminated. Eh, it's a whole big thing. It was a yes, a, not fired outright, but just contract not renewed sort yes. of thing. And uh, but now I'm working somewhere I'm really happy about and really excited to be working, and I'm very happy. But it, there was a lot of rushing around this week, as can happen in those situations. I have really nothing to report this week. Uh, I just worked my ass off. Yeah, I barely heard from you. Because I'm trying to get this paper before I go to New York. What's this paper? Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean money. Like money, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, well, it's actually plastic. I just was very confused. <laughs> um, the only item of note, Kate. Yeah? I got a, new, got a new thing I'm standing for, Kate. Oh, no. What are you standing for? Oh, my God. And I picked the worst time to start standing for them. This fucking idol group called Especia. What's an idol group? Is that just like a... Like when you were clearly been assembled, a bunch of girls who all decided they want to sing and dance, a management label picks oh. seven of them at random. It's like, yeah. And it's like, you know, the Pussycat Dolls or Fifth Harmony or, or One Direction or Spice anything. Spice Girls. Yeah, exactly. Throw them all together. And the thing with idol groups is generally they will always have a concept. Apparently there was an idol boom in the last couple of years where just like... Whatever you were into, you could find an idol group. Okay. There was a, apparently there was an idol group of chubbier girls. That is my idol if group. If you like chubby girls, ch- chubby, I'm making air quotes, chubby. Right. For like, you know, Japanese standards. They're just round faced. <laughs> There's a little rounder in the face. They're apparently steampunk idols, but I did not, <gasps> I know, I was very excited for you, but I did not think musically they would be very uh, inclined. Oh. You'd be very inclined to uh, what they were doing. They just like wore gas masks. That was like the extent oh. of their steampunkiness. Uh, Especia 
their lane that they chose to walk in the idol boom was of vaporwave idols. Vaporwave. You have mentioned this before. For the audience, what is vaporwave? Vaporwave, and I'm sure Lord knows the vaporwave equivalent of Jon Snow will be out there like screaming at his device as I clumsily try to explain this. Basically, it's like an aesthetic first and then a type of music. It basically means like they use a lot of... The way I got into this or even found out about it is because I got very into a genre of essentially Japanese yacht rock. I'm sorry. Yacht rock? Yeah. Which is? Like Hall & Oates, Christopher Cross, you know, very spacey oh, I see. Okay. pop music for like, you know, when you're out on your yacht and all you don't these, have a care. All these genres. Well, I don't, I don't own a yacht and never will, so I guess I'd never find out about it. Do you it, still otherwise. enjoy Sailing by Christopher Cross? Well, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. Kenny Loggins, you know, things like that. Very, very airy, inoffensive. Right. City pop is the Japanese version of that that was burbling up in the mid-80s in Japan and because, you know, the economy was booming and everybody had all the money. All the money? And they wanted the music that made them feel like they were enjoying all the money with their palm trees and their neon signs and all like that. City pop tended to also be funkier than your standard sort of inoffensive 80s Western yacht rock, which is why I was drawn to it and because I'm a total weeb and will listen to (laughs) anything that comes out of Japan. And when I would go to Cosmos Records here in Toronto, and the homie Hisa would play some of this stuff for me, I actually have a couple records that could possibly be considered city pop. I don't know. It's The terrible thing about going to Cosmos is Hisa would be like, oh, have you heard this? And he put something on, and it's like, I, I fuck you and your stupid face, Hisa. Here is my wallet. Just, like, take it. <laughs> Does he know um, he's mentioned so often on the show? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I love you, Hisa. You're actually one of my favorite people in the world. So, yeah, I would hear this stuff and I would just be like, why is no one sampling this? Like, why have I never heard any of this? Like your typical like boom bap, like hip hop producers. Like they never touch this. They're just like leaving it there. Because they're lame. Yes. But equally as lame in a way are these white kids from like Florida and L.A. who took all this stuff and like put a filter on it. And (laughs) well, I I think it shows that they're a little less lame. (laughs) But basically, that's where this, that's who ended up sampling this stuff, was like these SoundCloud kids who would like take old, I'm going to forget if screw his name, but like you know, Tatsuri Yamashita records and like put a filter on it and loop it for four bars and put like a Sailor Moon still as the artwork and call it Vaporwave. It's very, sounds like cassettes. Right. The aesthetic is very VHS tapes, Windows 95 screensaver <laughs> type of thing. Very bad polygonal artwork. Man, like, those were the days. Weren't they? And I don't know. I was really kind of, I was already kind of drawn to some of this music. Uh, a guy named St. Pepsi in particular, who now records as Skylar Spence. His work I was really into. And basically, long story short, how did I get into Aspecia? You know, <laughs> Bill Cosby, rest in peace, even though you're not dead, you kind of are. He always had this You, bit you couldn't it. see me. I just shrugged. <laughs> Bill Cosby had a line that was like, uh, I got to tell you this story. I told you that story to tell you this one. I got to tell you that story to tell you this one. So once upon a time, Perfume hosted this uh, terrible kind of music variety show because everybody always has to if you're an artist in Japan. Right. And this group called Negiko, or Negiko came on. And the clips that circulated were very, like, basically showed everybody crying. Like, just bawling Balling? and i'm like why is everyone crying what is happening long story short you do your research because i'm a deep diver hey we know this about me yes you are i, I gots to know <laughs> nagiko was as there is a interest there will always be an idol group every town sometimes in japan will have an idol group wow it's just theirs 
And that's that's like oh that's like the mascot thing. Yeah, yeah. So every town in Japan has a mascot as well. So you know about this. Um, Thank you, John Oliver. Yes, they will also sometimes have an idol group. And Negiko is Negiko Negiko because it's they say Negi a lot. Negiko is the idol group for Nigata. Yeah. Um, it's their idol group, so they do a lot of tourist board work, things like that. Basically, never really broke out aside from locally. And started at the same time as Perfume. Right. So they knew each other. And they would sometimes, you know, while Perfume was running around Akihabara, like, playing Apple stores and things like that, sometimes they would see the Negiko girls at the same time. They just kind of knew each other like that. Perfume blows up. Negiko doesn't. Years go by. Negiko gets enough of a build of going, like, electropop for a few singles. Right. They get enough heat that they get to play this show that Perfume hosts. So it's the first time they've seen each other in, like, eight years. And now Nagiko is kind of successful as well. It was just a very, like, touching moment. They hadn't seen each other in a very long time after coming up through the ranks of the awful, awful ranks of the Japanese pop, pop star system. Yeah. Um, so they were really touched. It was a really touching moment for all of them. And there was weepiness and all that type of thing. It was a beautiful moment. Blah, blah, blah. So I don't keep up. I don't think Nagiko's that great <laughs> musically. So I don't right. really keep up with them. But sometimes, you know, YouTube will be that, hey, you're interested in this. Watch this video. Right. So a Negiko video showed up in my recommended videos. I watched it. And then there were these cameos by these other girls in the video. And the comments were all like, it's so awesome seeing the Aspecia girls in the Negiko video. I'm like, who the fuck is Aspecia? This would not have clicked with me yeah. two years ago. Oh, yeah. We were talking about this. But for some reason, now. Now you have a soft spot for cheesy Japanese <laughs> I just, songstresses. I just love cheese so much, you guys. Uh, they were a six piece, then a five piece, and now a three piece. <laughs> Wow. Which is why I'm like at the worst. I'm clearly like past the bubble of this group. Right. But it's like they don't even do like straight vaporwave, which, you know, their stuff doesn't sound like chopped and screwed yacht rock. It sounds like actual city pop. Yeah. Super funky, super 80s, lots of synths, so much saxophone. This group is like <laughs> single handedly keeping every sax player in Japan with a job right now. More often, as often as not, they play with a live band, which is amazing. And they're just, yeah, they're just super funky. And I love them so much. And my three favorite members all graduated like six months ago. They, they graduated? That's what they call it when it's retiring, they, basically. Oh, I thought because... you meant they kick them out. And then, you know, they take them to the farm. <laughs> so they go to the farm. Yeah, they, they all turned 17. And it was like, whoop, time to go. <laughs> um, no, they were moving. They decided to move from, they're from Osaka. They decided to move from Osaka to Tokyo. And three of the girls, including pretty much all my favorites, decided they could not do the move and the crazy thing is i'm reading some of the reasons for why they wouldn't do the move yeah and one of them she was 26 she was the same age as the queen singing and dancing with these like 16 year olds one kind of weird well <laughs> kind of respect your decision not to do that but then one of the other ones was like well i knew i wouldn't want to have to like rely on my parents wealth to live in tokyo so i'd have to get a job and then if my activity is with Aspecia got in the way of the job, that would be really hard. It's like, they're not paying for your fucking ruined board to go do this? Wow. What is happening? Why don't they make an anime about that? There's got to be one somewhere in there. But like, and I know, you know, you always hear that like, Perfume are the queens, but they, you know, they don't get, they're not like rich. Like they don't get paid a lot yeah. type of thing. Um, but I never knew it was like that, that like these girls have to go out and get jobs to support themselves while they're trying to be idols. But... That's insane. So yeah, then it was a two piece and they added a new member from Portugal. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Change and, it up. And they just put out a, uh, a four song EP. That's much more 
laid back, slow jam, funky. Still good. It still has its moments, but it's not. I feel like I already missed their best moments, but who knows though man if you if you're intrigued by any of this nine minute talk i just had about <laughs> this by all means i'm doing another hit and run set of my other radio show uh which will be at soundcloud.com slash radio pfg for like the next seven days at least just look for the streets of rage graphic that's basically my <laughs> my motivating my guiding light on this uh this hour's worth of music well since you've had your your music minute uh go what do we got astronomy I feel, yeah oh boy hit me caitlin's astronomy minute um, thank you for That's that. The, Hubble got you. <laughs> Hubble got you. Um, the Persades. Do you know what the Persades are? I know of them. Okay. The Persades are a meteor shower. Yes. That happen every August. Um, and this year, there is going to be a surge in activity. Surge? A surge. An actual surge. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. So, thank you for... <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, all right. Try to keep it lively. So usually um, during the Persades, you can see about 100 meteors per hour. Per hour. Per hour. Uh, now it might be, up, it's probably going to be above that. It's probably going to be close to 200 at times. And the height of this activity will be the 11th and 12th of August. So by the time this plays, it'll probably be... So shit, yeah. If you're, yeah, here, if you're hearing this, yeah, you you, you get, get out, out there. there. <laughs> um, now the Persades occur every August when um, the Earth travels through the trails of the debris left behind by the Swift Tut, or I think that's it, Tutti, maybe. Tutti, like the facts of life. No, like I think I, I think that's an E. Tuto. I love when I date myself with '80s <laughs> sitcom references that I'm not even sure you're going to get. So damn sure, 90% of the people who listen to this aren't going to get. Well, as sorry, as I was saying, besides your '80s references, and I did get that. It is basically when the trail of the debris left behind by a comet. Yes. Called possibly the I, I always call it the Swift Comet, but it's Swift Dash Tut. Tato? Tato? I don't know what that last letter was. Tatas? I gotta stop Swift handwriting this stuff. Swift Tatas? It's, it's the Swift Comet. Um, <laughs> it doesn't orbit around the sun every 133 years. And you can see the shower specifically uh, between the constellations of Perseus and Cassiopeia. And it is a glorious spectacle of space. So go and get your Sky Tracker app that Caitlin yeah. plugged a few weeks ago. Look for, was it Perseus and Cassiopeia? Yeah, that's right. Look for those two, and, look um, in between them, get some meteors in your life. And if there are uh, clouds, my advice is to try and go north, where it's a little bit cooler, and a lot of the clouds disperse. Um, you can just find a radar tracker and do that. If you are, for some reason, near Arizona or in Arizona, you guys should have an amazing view. Uh, if you're one of the states around Arizona, just head to Arizona because they have beautiful skies during the summer because uh, they're so clear. And if you do end up seeing them, let me know. I will be going out there. We are going to find a cloud-free zone of Ontario and, and get our meteor shower on. And I'll, I'll report back and let you know exactly how beautiful it was. And you guys should let us know, too, if you can or if you want to. If you just want to have a conversation with me about astronomy. Because it's cool. You can do that on our Facebook page. You can, which is at www.facebook.com slash forward slash. <gasps> Gotta be careful with disaster that. Disaster averted. Yeah. Forward slash Geek Down Pod. Yeah. 
that's that's it. Just Geek Down Pod, though. You can, Not you Geek can, Down Pod, yeah. yeah. You can. And I want to do a shout-out to uh, Misha. Uh, Misha actually wrote on the Facebook page. He was concerned that oh, the, right. the that. viewing of, of uh, Stranger Things would leave me... Given your inability <laughs> to endure the night of and the stress level of the night of... Misha was very kind and thought that maybe the stress of Stranger Things would have me in the same state that I was with, uh, I was in watching the night of. But um, it was a very different type of show, so I was fine. Not the case. Thank you, Misha, for, for your concern. Um, Kaylin's Astronomy Minute is made possible through a generous <laughs> donation from the Arizona Tourism Board. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry about rest, the rest of Canada. I just... Arizona particularly has amazing skies. Arizona or bust. Yeah, basically. I mean, you won't be able to get a drink of water, but... <laughs> coyote, coyote will eat your baby, but... All right. And... Uh, other news. If I got all the news, have you got some news? What are we doing for it's news? It's not really news. It's just cool shit I found. <laughs> That's news. People want to know about the cool stuff. Also about the sirens. <laughs> Burning again. Um, so yeah, as I, as I said earlier, this is kind of a three-parter of cool shit. I said earlier, I'm assembling, you know, making the playlist for the, for the set I want to do tonight. My guiding star is like music that would have been in like Streets of Rage 2 and I was just looking for like images from Streets of Rage 2 and I found a link to a site called Data Discs. Okay. Which is a uh, company from the UK. God help me and my wallet. This is a company that puts out specifically old Sega soundtracks on vinyl. Okay, I'm sorry. Specifically old Sega? Just Sega. Yes. They've okay. done five or six of these so far. Uh, they have done Streets of Rage 1 and 2. Oh my god, you guys. They've also done Shenmue, Shinobi 3, Super Hang-On, and Outrun. I don't know most of these things. These are all 180-gram vinyls. They have all been sourced and remastered, either from original arcade boards or PC files where available. They work with Sega and the original music directors and composers to remaster these. And they put them out in a few editions, many of which are pretty and colored. And the Streets of Rage one is like transparent with like blood fleck like red flecks in it sort of thing wow. and they all come with like obis like the bands that go around the spine of the which they always would do in japan because right. they so japanese people would know what the album was so just have the japanese text these are gorgeous and i want them all and i am i am also sorry for your wallet and they go for about 20 pounds per so that's like $45? Something like that, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is Brexit still killing me? I, I actually, I don't still know. Still killing the, uh, the pound sterling? That would really make me happy. Um, yeah, this is amazing. And if I'm being totally honest, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to try and secret this into the universe right now. Yeah. What do I have to do to get a job working somewhere that does vinyl reissues of like really niche soundtracks like this? I don't know. Because my goal in life, yeah. why am I not either starting a company or working for a company that wants to put out, like, the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack on vinyl, um, on a reissue? It might involve selling some organs on the black market. Do I, need, I probably need a million dollars to get the rights. Probably. Um, and then another million dollars to uh, actually put them out and then make back my investment, maybe $20,000. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely organs. I'm going to go with that route. I'm sure I have a couple that I don't need, but if anybody's already put their organs out and wants somebody to write some liner notes, hey, get at me. Um, <laughs> Did you? I'm sorry. I think you just said put some organs out. <laughs> you should listen back to that. <laughs> just, I just, nope. pretty sure. Nope. No. That's how badly I want to do. That's how badly I would want to do it, Caitlin. Somebody wants to put their organ out at me. 
it's a discussion we can have should <laughs> should the occasion arise. <clears throat> uh, related, other cool shit related to the whole idea of video game soundtracks. Um, if this is a thing that you're into at all, and like the evolution of video game soundtracks, uh, the Red Bull Music Academy, which is a very weird thing. Uh, Red Bull has all the money. Apparently. I, I know they gave some to me once to write, to write something. <laughs> um, and it was very, I was very well compensated considering the amount of work I did. So sell out, kids, as much as you can. They have a music website. They host a conference every year with, it's very beat-oriented, electronic music, hip-hop, things of that sort. And they co-produced a series called Digging in the Carts. Right. Which was all about the evolution of video game music. Each part was like 11 minutes long, maybe something like that. That's awesome. And they hit everything from like the first Mario soundtracks to the Sonic soundtracks to the guy who did Streets of Rage to your man Nobuo from Final Fantasy. Like they hit them all. And it's a really well done, well done series. Cool. So you just check that out. Where can you do that? On uh, You'd have to look it up. It's on the Red Bull Music Academy site, which I think is rbma.com. Cool. Perhaps. Or it'll redirect you. Uh, and as well, the third portion of this three-parter, the console wars are back. Sort of. Oh. Not one to take the announcement of the NES classic line oh. down. Yeah, I, I actually think I saw something about this. Sega has announced the Mega Drive classic will be coming out with 80 games on it. Oh. Most of them ones you can guess. It's basically, I, I ran down the list and I have like a Genesis collection for my Xbox. It's yeah. basically the same games they always port. It's all your Golden Axes. It's all your Streets of Rages. It's the first two, three Sonics. Okay. And Sonic and Knuckles and like Sonic Spinball. Your Fantasy Stars, your Shinobis, your all, your Altered Beast, your all of those. Uh, the catch to this is twofold or threefold. Um, number one, Sega is not making it themselves. Okay. The third party is making it. They've just licensed this, and apparently the third party that's making it is hot garbage, <laughs> and they are not known for quality. <laughs> All right. Apparently. It will also not support HDMI output, so it will not be uh, in high def, and it will also only be available in Europe. Well. So three strikes. Thanks for bringing that up, Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, friends. Hey, but listen, all these games, you can go if you got an Xbox or an Xbox One. Are they out for PlayStation? I don't know if they are or not, but you can definitely go and find a Genesis collection for like 10 bucks at your local used like video game store if you miss these games that much. Or I am not in the business of encouraging anyone to delve into home emulation yourself. You can play all these games yourself. You can play every game yourself on your computer. It's true. If you choose to investigate it. I was playing Sonic for a little while on my computer. Man, I'm a sucker for Sonic games. Um, I had never played one before. What? Why well, didn't have a, a Sega? Damn. I didn't know anyone with a Sega. How'd you like it? It was fun. It got kind of boring after a while. First Sonic's a little a little lackluster. Yeah, I, I actually got it. It wasn't uh I it wasn't stolen or anything. I got it. They <laughs> put out something for like you can play all these old games on your computer um and I downloaded it and it was fun for a bit. It was good. Sonic was Oh my everything. Chromebook actually. It's for my <laughs> Chromebook. Are you ready for uh, Jordan's shameful confessions from his youth? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is that okay if I don't know? Can I just one of those things after? where, like, even when it's been like you know twenty years, uh, if my mama ever hears this, she'd probably be. Did you steal it from someone? I didn't steal it. Here's the thing. 
I got a Genesis for Christmas one year. You told yeah, I remember the story. Sonic Two came out the next year, I think. And my parents either expected me to look for Christmas presents, right, or just I had once before and I got caught or something. I don't remember. The point is, we had these like crazy barn door like wooden cabinets in in the basement that, <laughs> okay. that the previous owner had built um like wide swinging like barn door things and there was like a huge wide one we like kept canned goods and shit in it and then there was a smaller one and my dad put a lock on that one and that's where they would put christmas presents right however it's an easy problem to solve because you could just take the door off the hinges oh no <laughs> and i was left alone to my own devices for most of the morning right every day I figured out that, like, I just take out four screws. I can just swing this open super easy on the hinge of the lock that they've put on. There's that copy of Sonic 2 I'm going to get for Christmas. Beat it before Christmas. No. (laughs) Before Christmas morning, I had already beat the fucking game. Jordan Ferguson. Hot garbage. Only child had zero fucks. I cannot believe you did that. Yeah. Neither can I, to be honest. (laughs) It's real. A real shitbag move on my t- you on my preteen self were the worst. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if my parents ever figured that out or not. Weirdly, my mom always expected me to look. She always claimed I had snuck around looking for Christmas presents, but I never did. I always wanted it to be a surprise, unlike some people <laughs> who are awful. It's my early journalistic instincts. I just had to know. Yeah, uh huh. Just had to know. Yeah, that's right. That's where your deep diving comes from. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Is that or is that your your that's, that's my basically trifecta of cool shit. Of cool of cool stuff. I have some cool stuff. What do you got? Um weirdly hot topic. The the, the, the store. The store? <laughs> not not the thing. Um they have partnered recently with Cartoon Network. I don't remember how recently, but uh, relatively recently. Um and that means that you can dress in style. Because they have put out a line of clothing that features Steven Universe, Adventure Time, and Powerpuff Girls. Can I get the Steven Universe shirt and make my Halloween so easy? <laughs> um, I don't know what they... I was actually looking at the girl stuff, sorry. I don't know what they have for guys. They probably do. And I have seen the Steven Universe shirt in other places. Uh, so if you want to dress up for as, as Steven from Steven Universe, you, you go do that. Because it is awesome costume. I hate flip-flops though, so probably not. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's a really integral part of the costume. It really is. But they've come out with a whole bunch of uh, both styles and graphic prints. Um, and it, all this stuff looks pretty cool. They have some neat dresses. So if you're interested in showing your colors and your fandoms, you should take a look. It should be all up on their website. We won't even tell you that. You, we won't even tell anyone you got it at Hot Topic. We won't. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Secret safe with us. Yeah. Other cool stuff, a new Luke Cage trailer has popped up. New trailer? I saw a poster that hit. Nope. New trailer. You you would know. I would know. It features uh, the night nurse, Rosario Dawson, shows up. I remembered her name. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) You knew all all the names. I know all the names. Um, More awesome music is featured. Oh, see, now I got to look. What song was it? Uh, I didn't. I didn't have time to write an answer. Um, And I didn't know it off the top of my head. And some humor. Humor, you say? Yeah. Lots of good dialogue and some humor. More even than that Justice League preview. (laughs) Well, that's dope. Yeah, that's pretty good, wasn't it? (laughs) 
Since so I, who, just, I just went and watched the trailer. Yeah. Um, more radio magic. Uh, I'm going to cut it, Caitlin. No, I said more. Like last time. Remember, we went, we watched the trailer, ah, yes. and we were like, radio magic. You'll never know. You'll never know. Um, except that we've told you. Um, so what did you think? It was dope. Yeah, it was good. I'm more sold on that one than I was the first one, the one that was circulating before Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah, definitely liked more of more of what I saw there. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you thought it was interesting, at least. I'm more, yeah, I'm more I'm definitely more interested now. I don't know that I was going to be a. It wasn't going to be like a day one for me. It was like I wasn't going to get home from work on Friday and be like, "Oh, Luke Cage is up!" <laughs> now I have to watch it. No, I'll definitely be like, "Oh, Luke Cage is up." Yeah, and I'll watch a couple. I like that. Um, all right, and then other cool things. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek. <laughs> God, did we miss last week? No. No, we definitely did. Star Trek Discovery. By the way, somebody pointed out it's very unfortunate that the abbreviation of this one will end up being STD. (laughs) Eh. Eh. Yeah, it's not great, but... Not soups great, no. But now they're called STIs, so... (laughs) True. (laughs) There you go. Could have been called Star Trek Infinite, y'all. Could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been worse. Um, So the first first glimpse... Yes. Of a makeup test has appeared. You are just anything that hits. You are going to talk about on now. This show. I'm just doing it to annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I am excited, um, especially because I still am watching DS9. Um, holla, <laughs> Brian Fuller got a donut yesterday. <laughs> Isn't that the showrunner? That yeah. the news. Yeah. Brian Fuller got a donut on his way to a writers' meeting. I wish I got a donut. I'll make sure there are donuts next episode. I can't. I can't eat them. Oh, what? There's usually dairy in donuts. Oh, my God. I'm sorry my allergy is inconvenient. (laughs) Um, Anyways, as I've written in my notes, I'll take anything I can get. (laughs) Um, And a lot of people think that this maybe possibly is an Andorian, but the antenna look a little bit different. Andorians are one of the blue ones. I really want to see a Bolian, which is also a blue alien. There's never a Bolian. The only time I saw a Bolian was on Star Trek Voyager, and they killed him immediately. He was on the initial crew, and there was a and then he died. And it was very sad. There needs to be more bullions in the background. This is the point where the camera would go from a pan of both of us in the shot to a close-up of my face, and then the sound of silence by Simon and Garfunkel would just start lilting softly in the background. You know what? I listen to so many things that I don't care about. (laughs) Don't make a big fuss about it. I nod. I say, oh, that's interesting. I'm really thinking about other things, like... I don't know, Idris riding Elba. into the sunset with Idris Elba and my posse of people, my senior correspondent at my side and all of that. But no, no, you always have to give me a hard time. Astronomy Minute, hard time. Star Trek, hard time. Posse, hard time. This was the first and only time. There's not going to be the Aspecia update every week for the next two months. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just needed to let you know. Mm. So our relationship can stay, <laughs> stay positive. It's August 8th, y'all. And communicative. It's so hot. <laughs> it is. We're not going to make it to fall. <laughs> I hope so. Fingers crossed. Look, I'm just excited for Star Trek. Star Trek is one of those things. There is, I have a friend who is a writer named Ren. Hi, Ren, if you're listening. And she was talking to me about how all of the sci-fi out there is which is funny because in a little bit we're going to talk about it, um, is, oh, what's that thing? Not apocalyptic. Dystopian. Mm. It's all dystopian. 
you very rarely get something that is maybe not exactly utopian, but shows a future that is bright and things full are of, okay. Yeah, and things are going you know pretty well. Um, Star Trek is one of the only things that does that, and they've always done that, and they've shown that yeah, issues and problems and wars come come up, but we work to move past them, and usually through peaceful means sometimes not but we always try the best we can and we strive and we do it and go further into the universe or exploration of the galaxy yay so i get very excited and that is all that was a very beautiful endorsement (sighs) you're welcome also i asked my sister to try and get me to be an extra on star trek because it's filming in the fall in toronto (laughs) (laughs) just fyi at her house? How she- no, she just knows people who does who who. She used to do extra work a lot, ah. so she knows some peeps. She was like, "I'll ask." Um, she's like, "It doesn't really work that way. You can't just show up on a Saturday and be an extra." And I was like, "Well, you know, just if because that is my dream to be an extra on Star Trek. One of my dreams." You just want to be that person who walks past Picard in the hallway, or or just like beep 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 something but i'm afraid if i did it on the panel because i don't actually beep i would do the beeping sounds. <laughs> i'd be like beep 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 oh yeah caitlin <laughs> we need you to do it one more time without making the actual beep noise please it's like if i was ever in a star wars movie and i had a lightsaber i would totally be doing the <laughs> v- 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 um apparently it happened to you and mcgregor a lot when he would be doing the lightsabers, Obi Wan Kenobi, he'd do his own sounds. Um, that would be me. <clears throat> Anyways, food for thought. You know what else is food for thought, Kate? Uh oh, what? I don't know. Bear, bear with me, listeners. I try to walk this one through because it's something that basically has always been on my mind since the genesis of this podcast. The octave of your voice goes up when you're going into uh, <laughs> diatribe Tyra- mode. voice is kicking up. <laughs> All right, so everyone, brace yourself, get some tea, maybe pause it, come back. Might, might be here for might be here for a minute. When we first started this podcast, and it doesn't come up a ton anymore. Yeah. Because um, mercifully, we don't encounter it a lot, or maybe we're just not looking as hard. I don't know. We always said one of the things we wanted to do with this show was uh, sort of take down fanboy fuckery wherever we saw it. If, if it comes up, yes. If we saw it. And it's come up at times, like that terrible badge at oh. the one Comic-Con. Or, you know, instances of misogyny in the industry and things like that. That yeah. DC editor who um, was basically outed for being a serial harasser type of thing. Yeah. We talk about that. But one of the things that's always kind of been on my mind about, since we started this show, was my segment. The place I fall on the fandom spectrum. Right. Which would be primarily anime fan. Okay. I have never really engaged with any anime fan community for a reason. And that reason being? I tend to find them insufferable. <laughs> okay. I have, may have uttered the phrase, I'm sure I've uttered the phrase, best girl slash waifu on this show. Yeah. I'm doing it ironically. This is not a sort of thing I have any sort of investment in. I don't get into waifu wars or waifu Wednesday. I don't care about getting into arguments over who the best girl of the season is. Like, I don't, I don't care. Oh, you're such an anime hipster. I just, <laughs> really am. I just like what I, I just like what I like and leave me alone. Um, 
and I just feel like I guess this kind of gets summed up in like there's a meme that goes around every once in a while when and listen I don't want anybody to feel bad for liking what they like yeah if your shit is harmless like if you just like if you just like anime and it's it's rough out there for you like an anime and people are calling you a nerd or a f- or anything else and you're getting like bullied like that because yeah. of the shit you like that ain't cool and I'm not saying that's appropriate or you should feel that way no but like there are levels to this shit and when I see this meme going around that's like on the one side is your standard man cave NFL rec room with like you know replica helmets and footballs and memorabilia and shit like that and on the other side is your typical otaku bedroom with wall scrolls and uh, you know body pillows and shelves full of figmas of female characters in like prancing positions with their you know school kilts billowing in suggestive manners yes and the giant impact font caption is why it's one okay and the other isn't if you got to ask the question i always feel like there are larger things at work here you you got larger things to worry about if that's even a question you're considering if you can't look at those two pictures and realize that one might be somewhat problematic to people who are not in your world yeah Maybe it's unfortunate, and maybe I'm being unfair. But one is worse than the other one. Well, I mean, I guess I would say that the reason that is, is because one is, it is an obsessive fandom. You are a, like me, I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan. I'm not as big as some people are. Like, Mm. I don't have a foam cheese head yet. I'm I'm shocked. What? I thought for sure you did. No, I haven't got one yet. It, I will, eventually, but there are other things on the list. Listen, fam, I never do this, but I'm going to put her on blast right now. When you see Kayla McKinnon roll in in the winter with her Packers toque on, it's one of the most adorable things I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's kind of awesome. Anyways, um, so, yeah, you have some people who are crazy about their, their, their team. They have, you know, their walls, their uh, bed, their pillows. Um, they have books on the subject. Uh, they have framed autographs. That is intense, but the difference is, it's not scantily clad women, or women in suggestive poses, or young girls wearing uh, um, uh, certain outfits, i.e. kill a kill. Um, there is a different dynamic there. It's not the obsessiveness that is weird and what people take issue with, I think is what you're saying. It is the way that obsession makes others feel yes so for instance if there is a girl who was dating a man and went into his apartment and saw a whole bunch of i'm gonna say stealer stuff and it was like everywhere they had pillows and frame stuff and shelves full of bobbleheads i doubt she would get weirded out she would probably think it was kind of cute and delightful and uh oh i didn't know you're a Steelers fan um if a woman walks into that situation um, like you said, with the anime stuff, we're just going to call it. I don't know what else to call it. Um, it's not just, it's not anime. It is that f- part of anime. There are levels to it. You yes. can have a couple. Well, yeah. Like- tastefully accenting. But if you have that like hardcore, like shelves upon shelves upon shelves of packed with figures. It, and it's not figures. It is Mostly naked figures. 
I was going to say no, because they're just in their clothes from the show, but their clothes from the show are usually half naked. Which brings yeah. us to the whole reason I'm even bringing this up, which is on July 29th, a woman named Amelia Cook published a piece on the Mary Sue. We just lost the three people left who were listening <laughs> to the show. Uh, titled, Hey Anime Fans, Stop Making Excuses for Fan Service. And basically, her thesis is kind of twofold. On the one hand, she feels that anime doesn't get sort of the critical attention that she and a lot of other fans feel it deserves because every season there's five or six anime that are fantastic and but it never gets talked about in like you know the nerd press really it's like really genre in the nerd press and this ties into something that i've kind of grappled with for a while and was trying to figure out how to pitch stories about places don't steal this copyright how like Every comic book, every piece of comic property has been, like, licensed by this point. Right. But manga and anime has pretty much been left alone, with the exception of, like, you know, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And Dragon Ball Z. And the terrible Dragon Ball movie. (laughs) And that right there might be reason enough why this stuff never gets touched. But, like, you know, it's a veritable goldmine sitting there. Yeah. Why doesn't anybody try to license that? And she feels, Cook feels that... You have this thing in fandom where, like, you can bring that up and fans will just be like, oh, well, yeah, it sucks, but what are you going to do? And then they go on to, you know, who was best girl of the season and why my wife was better than yours. And she also feels that, like, there is no, there's nothing pushing anime fandom forward in the same way that comics and sci-fi and video games have been pushed forward. Um, by, I'm about to say it, feminist voices. What? <laughs> Feminism. Oh, it just makes us so sick. Uh. There's no Anita Sarkeesian of anime who is confronting, because why would anybody ever sign up for that? But <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> but there's nobody at least putting that out there, presenting the challenging viewpoint that, you know what? The thing you like, it, it's a little icky. Sometimes. Yeah. And you need really to is. stop ignoring that. Listen, my only beef with Anita Sarkeesian was always her videos were about too long by half. That was always my thing. Hey, that's what people say about our podcast. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> In good company. Suck it. <laughs> um, so that's basically the point she's making is that and she knows that it's a pointless argument. And this is where I get irritated because it is a pointless argument because every time you try to say it like, you know, Fan service is kind of icky. And this is coming from a guy who loves Food Wars and Kill a Kill. Yeah. Like, so obviously, some types of fan service are not going to affect me the way they affected you. But when that fan service did affect you that way, my reaction was not to be, oh, Caitlin, you're wrong. Or it's Japanese and you don't get it. Or it's like, man, that really sucks. I'm sorry this made you feel that way. Yeah. Not to you know pat myself on the back, but that just seems like you know the basic human thing you should do when somebody has a problem with it you shut your fucking mouth and listen to what the problem is yeah you don't say well fan service isn't really for me but i understand why some people like it why don't you ask why people like it and make them really critically assess why they like it right if they can come up with an answer besides i like boobies i'd be curious to hear that but nobody nobody ever wants to have that conversation so if you want to get at us on the facebook page (laughs) and please come to my door with this um but I just feel like, you know, there's an extra level of grossness to anime fans. Yeah. Through no fault 
of most of our own. Okay. If that makes sense. No, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. sense. I'll put it together like this. Uh, or I'll mention this, which is something that I did not even really know about until I saw a link to the, an article in Cook's piece on New York Magazine's Select All blog, pointing out that in the uh, grand scheme of Twitter misogyny and harassment and racism yeah. and altogether ickiness, uh-huh. the anime girl has replaced the basic egg avatar as like the indicator that this is not somebody you should ever engage with. And the egg is from what? Twitter? Yes. Oh, okay. like when you sign up for a Twitter account and you don't put anything, yeah, you get, it just gives you an egg, like a basic egg. Oh. So if somebody is talking to you with an egg avatar, yeah. you should probably just block them immediately because right. there's no, there's no point. Yeah. They couldn't even be bothered to put a picture up. Okay. So get that. I get that. They only care about being a dick bag. Usually. All right. And this is specific. Well, I mean, anime fans, is this part of this overlying Venn diagram of awful? Yes, because what has now seemed to happen, seemed to have happened, and people have noticed, is that a like headshot of an anime girl has replaced the basic egg as like, if you see that, if you see, if you see somebody with an avatar of an anime girl, run. Ooh, you should probably get out of there. Right. Because it's... Just, just hit the block. Just Man, do, do not engage. Get out. I wish things in life were, were like that, where you had an indicator immediately of how fast and how far you should run. Sometimes it's your room filled with <laughs> figmas of scantily clad girls. Okay, touche. Yep. But like, this is what's out there. And anime fans, you can't deny that this is what's out there. So stop fucking going like... Well, well, fan service isn't really for me. Uh, I kind of find it kind of gross, but I get get why people like it. Not okay anymore. It it makes us all look bad. (laughs) Like, I'm kind of embarrassed in many ways to call myself an anime fan or to admit it to people. Because they immediately think that you're probably gross and skeezy? Yeah, I'm not not watching, with the exception of Food Wars and Kill la Kill, I don't watch really any of those shows that are super gross. Like that one with the underage boy i don't remember the anime fans know what i'm talking about but okay i don't need to get into that but like if we love this thing we should celebrate the best parts of it and i'm sorry fan service is not the best part of it i think also like it's over can it just be over i think also this is from someone who is an outsider looking in yes and what you've given me um a lot of the problem is that fan service permeates almost all of anime it is, people think that it is a requirement. And by people, I mean creators. I mean, they've obviously got this, I mean, anime, it's it's more than a genre. It's a this, style almost. This is another point that Cook stories. makes, and I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to make sure I get this point out there. Yes, it's put in there by the creators because they're making stuff for this very narrow group of people but you essentially have anime fans making anime for other anime fans but it's not a narrow group of people anymore and it's to a large part it is and this is what cook is kind of trying to push the conversation more a bit with this article and her website fan service check she's kind of positioning herself there as a sarkeesian-esque so i don't want it's a dirty word to a lot of people i don't want to tarnish her with that brush and the work she's doing but basically she will that fanservicecheck.com and she will basically break down an entire season's worth of shows give you the basic concept and then rate it according to like 
Does it have a lot of fan service? Does it have disgusting fan service? Right. Does it have no fan service? It's kind of like there's a website, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it is. Um, when I was thinking about watching Vikings, I had heard that there was quite a lot of such sexual assault in it. Yeah. And there is a website out there that does that with, sh- with television shows mm. that breaks down sort of how many instances of sexual sh- assault there are, or sexual harassment, or, you know, how many naked female- male bodies there are. Like, it just goes through that all, um, which I appreciated because I avoided watching it. And I was glad I did. Um, and I mean, she's, she's not just like ruling with her own gavel of like what she feels qualifies as gross or not you know she has a survey she's in, that she's interested in he- hearing people's comments on right uh, what they consider too much just right not enough um and there isn't anything again there isn't anything bad with having sexiness in anime it's when again it permeates all anime and it's not even you know it's not even nudity or girls in their underwear like in her article she provides an example of i don't know the shows but you know, I'll, I will show them to Caitlin. Both girls in their bras and underwear. Yes. One is clearly in a powerful position. Yep. Asserting her selfness. Yep. And the other one is very demure. Mm, notice me, senpai. Sort yes. of. Yes. Which is what most anime fans want. I'm sorry I'm painting y'all with a large brush. But it is. Right. Y'all know it is. That's a really interesting... I'm glad she's doing this work. Um... This is a really interesting discussion. Because it is, and we could be at it for all a day. long, <laughs> we could, long. We could, we could a, have a whole podcast, we could do a whole on episode that. about we, this. And who so knows? far, maybe I should get at her, and maybe we should have, have her, her on the show if she would like to do that. Um, however, I mean, at this point, we have like six other spinoff podcasts. <laughs> yeah. um, however, you know, I would love to hear more from people. So, if you guys have opinions, even if you don't want to put it on the Facebook group. Just send it to our our email address. I'll answer. What are y'all thoughts on fan service? Are you sick of it? Do you love it? If you love it, I'm not going to sit here and call you a pervert. Please explain to me why you love it. Why it's not distracting to you. Why it doesn't make you feel gross. Bear in mind, like I said, love me some Food Wars. Yeah. Clearly, I have no problem with fan service. It can be done to put it. The other terrible argument is like, I don't mind fan services. It doesn't get in the way of the story. Food food service. (laughs) Food Wars, to me, not necessarily to Caitlin, is an example of a show that does put pretty flagrant fan service out there without ever getting in the way of the story, which is about cooking and, you know, being the best. And how amazing the cooking is. How good the food is. Listen, the last episode that just happened, there were four girls. Granted, I'm not going to say it's totally one-to-one. Yeah. Uh, the previous rounds, it was all dudes on the panel. Yep. This time, it's four girls and one dude on the panel. But when they're all skipping and skipping and trawling through uh, was it Yukihira Land, <laughs> his his carnival of meats that he put into his, <laughs> his beef stew, uh, and they're all skipping along in their in their school uniforms and squeeing. Yeah. Uh, the dude was in a school kilt uniform right next to him, his giant thighs skipping along. So it can be done. Uh, it's difficult. And it involves more than just, you know, a girl falling asleep with her, like, you know, shorty shorts riding up and showing her panty line. Um, And also, stop with the whole fucking, like, if it was a dude, nobody would say anything. Stop with that argument for anything. Stop trying to, like, flip sexism in. Right. When we get to a point where that is all you see, 
his dudes with their asses hanging out well, or any of that, then we can talk. We are nowhere near there, people. This actually... See, we're going to go on about this, but we know we're going to do this. But I, it's really interesting because as a sort of partial segue, partial connected, partially connected topic, there was an article I read. Might have also been Mary Sue. Sorry. Could have been Jezebel. Oh, there they all oh, go. God, they're, oh, they're, all, they're all gone, they're gone they're now. They're gone. Um, and it was about how uh, there was a... There is a, a podcast. It's a history podcast. Hardcore uh, history? No, it's it's called uh, What You What You Missed in History Class. Okay. I believe that's what it's called. Um, and they do all kinds of neat topics. Um, but uh, recently, they got a lot of feedback saying, why do you only talk about women? And they were like, that's, that's weird. We don't think we talk all about women. Um, maybe half about women, but not all about women. So they did a tally of all the episodes. Some episodes were like gender neutral. It was just about an event. Mm. And then they d- did a tally of all the men and all the all the female-centric, men-centric and female-centric episodes. Um, and they found that actually they only did comparatively 33% of episodes were d- about women. Imagine because that. Because there was any kind of an increase in, in them talking about it, there was this perception that it was all women all the time. And the writer who wrote this article was talking about her son and they read a variety of kids books with both female and male protagonists. And her son had said something about why do we always read books about girls? But really it was like 20% of the books that they read were about girls, the rest about boys. And it has this something to do with how we perceive that women even if we talk about them a little bit, are taking up are taking up all the all the airwaves, all the time, all all the uh, the I don't know discussion. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just thought that was my little feminist bit there. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that if the show was called "What You Didn't Learn in History Class," it's yeah. probably right there in the thesis that. It's going to be a lot of women-centric topics. and it, But that's the thing. It's not but even it, a it's lot. Actually not even. It's not even half. Um, so then they've, I think they've decided that they are going to try and make it half. So, <laughs> so there you go. Oh, double down on douches. I love In that. In your face. And um, I bet they're anime fans. Probably. But they, more than a couple had anime girl avatars <laughs> yeah. on their Twitter feed. Um, so yeah, that's all really interesting so, yeah, stuff. I don't, there's, no, there's no conclusion here. It was just something that's always been on my mind. The publication of this article... And granted, I I went, don't ever read the comments. I went through the comments. <gasps> they were oh. very, for the most part. Civil? Civil. Okay. Food Wars did come up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wondering what she thought about Food Wars. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if she ever replied. And but... again, I think I said this when we did the Food Wars episode. I would be fine if it was equal time spent, but it is not. Not quite, no. I um, bet if we went through it, you would see that it was more women and only like 20% men. Listen, you ain't seen the guy in the bear apron running around naked for a long-ass time in that show. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, just like, there's no answer. And she's even written a follow-up piece on her blog knowing there's no answer. Because people who try to engage in the conversation are ultimately going to throw up their hands and go like, fine, fine, fine. I give up. Go. And Or, I, or they're going to tell her that she doesn't understand, even though she's got like a fucking post-secondary degree in Japanese studies. Like, I, I think she's very brave. Hopefully she won't need to be. I haven't seen any. I've been on her Twitter account. I, I haven't seen any kind I of. I bet she's already got tons haven't seen of stuff. The level of bullshit she may have had to deal with already. But I mean, shouts to you, Amelia Cook. You're doing the Lord's work. And we at the Geek Down salute you. And as I said, her website is fanservicecheck.com. 
You can check in on all that. She had a really good piece uh, about a show called ReZero, which I'm not watching, but it seems like I'm the only person who isn't. Much like last season when I was the only person who didn't watch a race because I thought it was stupid. Right. Um, I'm the odd one out on that, but her article was fantastic and it didn't really make me want to watch the show <laughs> anymore, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a good piece. So yeah, no answers, just food for thought. Do better, nerds. Please, do better. Please do better. All right. And I think... I think we're done for the news slash update slash, slash rant slash cool shit slash editorializing stupid shit. <laughs> stupid slash shit. dirty feminist bullshit. Um, yeah. So if there's anyone left, uh, we hope you come back after the break we're and listen to a... us talk about, oh God, it's a show about Aboriginal superheroes, <laughs> Aboriginal sci-fi. They're definitely going to not come back for that. But it's... Hey, we think you should. Also, it is the second week of our, oh, I got a good name for it, mm. for our Kate and Jordan's August Watcharama. Kate and Jordan's August Watcharama. Yeah. Last week, Stranger Things. This week, bit of a sleeper. Don't think anybody's really watching this one, but maybe you should. And we'll tell you whether or not you should watch Clever Man when we come back after this break. See you soon. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the program. This is the portion where Caitlin and I would normally talk about the things we brought each other. However, as stated before the break, not going to do that. It is the Jordan and Kate's August Watcherama. There is so much stuff, y'all. There's so many things it's that just, we haven't seen, neither of us. And we're just, frankly, we're missing out a little bit. We've been lapsing on our old nerd cred here by focusing on things we brought each other. Yeah. Other stuff is just, whoof, just whiffing right by. Yep. Missing it. Stranger Things? Probably wouldn't have got to it if we hadn't had to watch it for the podcast. No. I've been like, yeah, everybody loves that. It's great. <laughs> um, I'll get to it eventually. But you know, now now we have a reason to watch it. And uh, we do have some rules. Still the rules. Still the rules. Some of them don't apply, but some of them still do. The first one, which definitely doesn't apply, is the rule of three. The rule of three. Oh, well, no, sorry. The rule of three applies. Wait, they all apply. What am I talking about? I don't know. Uh, the rules always apply. <laughs> baby brain. <laughs> All right. The rule of three. The rule of three. If it runs on parts or installments or episodes or issues, you should always give it three chances. Watch three of those parts. You forgot epicycles. Epicycles. Chapters. Or... or, You had a a weird one for it once. I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Cycles. We feel that way because usually the pilot is a little bit uh, crammed together or sucks or just (laughs) does too much or is being made to see if they can make a show out of it um so it's often not the best indicator inside baseball often the pilot you see is what was made to show the network yes so you're trying to shove as much as you can in there you're trying to basically it's going to have a lot of cheesy exposition yep because you're setting up for what you would do if the network buys it and orders a series. Speaking of which, you want to know a pilot of a show that has great exposition? Hmm. Murder, She Wrote. Oh, God. The first episode <laughs> is amazing. Wow. Anyways. Setting the bar high. A second rule, which is save it, hashtag save it for the pod. We do not talk about the thing that we have watched until we are sitting in front of these microphones. Sometimes it's so bad, we don't even know if the other person has watched it. Because it's just crickets. <laughs> just crickets. In the case of this week... 
I hadn't until this morning. <laughs> Which I found out because he texted me to let me know. <laughs> I was like, it's like, listen, I was coming off the nights, so system crash hit inadvertently around 7 o'clock, and I woke up at 3 a.m. and was like, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah. I'll go back to bed for a bit, and I was like, 7 a.m. this morning. I was like, all right, let's watch some Clever Man. Yeah, and, so, and we do that so that we can save us talking about it for you guys. Yes. Um, the third rule, which is not really a rule, it is a policy, it is... Spoilers. Spoilers. They be coming. Yes. If you are the type of person who wants to know nothing about a series when you start to watch it, this would be your chance to peace out. G- given the, uh, the the hotness of the thing we talked about last week, yes, a lot of people very thankful for the ample uh, eject time yep. <laughs> that we um, gave them. A lot of people asking, can I listen to the podcast? And and I actually heard that too. A lot of people are saying at least that they haven't heard the second half of the podcast mm. because they haven't finished the series yet. Well, when you're at, you don't need to finish the series. We were only up to episode three when we watched it. That's true. So I mean, true. if you are at episode three or ahead, you are fine to listen to the podcast. You should definitely do so. That's probably why our numbers are so low on that so one. So low. <laughs> like comparatively, so low. they are yeah. so low. Go back and listen to it. We only watched <laughs> the first three episodes. Damn it. Um, so same with this series. We are going to talk about characters and story and surprise bits. So you should probably head out. Eat some cheese for me. <laughs> Someone has to. <laughs> Just <laughs> need to control the cheese population because Caitlin's not there culling. Yeah, I know. It's rough, it's rough out there. Sickly old cheese that needs to be <laughs> put down <laughs> in your mouth. So, so clever man, clever man. So this actually first came up. I saw like a BuzzFeed article that was like, you know, 40, it- forty-seven reasons why Clever Man is the best show you're not watching. And, and I, this was way back. And I, I, I said, think, I think I saw I saw something similar that was like the five shows you're not watching but should be and so i went to caitlin and went like this looks interesting this looks like it could be in our wheelhouse and something i said we should look at i saw the trailer for that and she already knew about it yeah and then we forgot about it for six months but now hey here we are it's, it's not it's not actually been six six months i can tell you that because i have notes <laughs> okay oh yeah all right clever man is a supernatural dystopian science fiction drama set in the near future how about that? How about that? Um, it is a combination Australian, New Zealand, and American production, and it was created by Ryan Griffin. Yes. Uh, the series premiered on the 1st of June. In Australia? Uh, yep. On Sundance TV in oh. uh, United States yes. and on ABC in Australia, which we talked about <laughs> briefly uh, a couple episodes ago. It's the Australian Broadcast Australian company. Broadcast Company, which was very confusing for a little while. Um, it is a six-part series that reimagines several different stories of the Aboriginal uh, Dreaming, um, which is part of their, you would say, religion. Um, folklore, yeah. Folklore, yeah, exactly. Um, but they've put a modern, super heroic twist on it also there are some ideas and themes about racism asylum refugees border protection government control and all that jazz there's a lot going on there is a lot going on uh the story we don't talk about that (laughs) we are going to talk about that the story mostly revolves around two estranged half brothers of a indigenous descent one is chosen as the clever man, which in um, the folklore of many of the Aboriginal peoples of Australia and New Zealand um, is kind of a, a guide or a figure that goes between the spirit world and our world. Yeah, my sense of it was the dreaming is everything besides this moment. 
past, present, and future sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and also is kind of like another dimension. Yes. Like, it's a, it's an, it, and actually a lot of um, North American and South American Aboriginals have uh, similar ideas about the world. There's sort of, there are, there's our world, and then there is another world, um, which yeah. is kind of like, like you said, it's, it's a past, future, um, but there's also other creatures in that world. And the clever man bridges acts as a bridge between the two yes um there are also um some creatures from the dreaming that are featured a little bit and from again from that aboriginal folklore um that come up and the other part of this is also the characters that are called the hairy men yes the hairy men again are part of aboriginal folklore called yahoos or yowies yes y-o-w-i um, and in the show, they are depicted as almost almost looking like traditional wolf men from yes. from like they've got a large amount of hair on their face, on their arms. Um, they've got kind of uh, some of them have sharper teeth. Um, they've got uh, sh- like claws mm-hmm. and they are extremely powerful and agile compared to humans. Strength, speed, some healing. Agility. Yeah. And Jordan. What did you think about Clever Man? This might be in one of those ones where I appreciate that it exists. Yeah. It's almost pulling it all off, but I think it's trying to do too much. Well, as I mentioned, they only have six episodes. And yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> and I think that was a detriment to this series. Mm. There are some I have a tally here. Okay. Of all the threads that oh, are going oh, through the three episodes that I watched. Yeah. So you have Okay, break down the basic plot here. Um, So, as Kate mentioned, deals a lot with, I guess, the primary sort of, for lack of a better word, conflict is between the hairy men and the world at large or the containment authority, which is the government agency that's trying to, like, keep them over there. Yes, slash, yeah, the government-human combination. There's your allegorical take on, you know, refugee policy in Australia, which I'm not super up on, but I hear that this is, like... The politics and Clever Man mirror that kind of mirror that a little bit. Um, so basically, most of the Harry Men, all of the Harry Men, live in the Zone, which is basically an abandoned train station. And there are humans who live there as well. It's very poor, very rundown. <laughs> it's very poor, very rundown, very decrepit. And all of the Harry Men live there, and they're not supposed to get out. They're and, supposed to be there. And even within the zone, even though there's a lot of poverty, the Harry Men are living in third world conditions compared to the humans, which aren't living in great conditions, but they're not quite as bad as the Harry Men. They have apartments, at least. Yes. Um, and basically, you have these two brothers, Waru and Cohen. Waru is fancies himself a community activist. He's working for you know justice for the hairy men. He wants yep. to see them out of the zone. He wants to see the zone abolished. Um, and he's the he's the older brother. Yes, the older brother Cohen is the younger brother. And in the pilot, you see Cohen essentially working to get this family of Harrys or subbies, as they call them a lot in the show because they're subhuman, out of the zone and into an apartment building. And you think Cohen's a really stand-up guy, but then he gets back to the bar that he owns and basically calls the, the, fed, the feds yeah. on this family and reports them. So he gets the money from the family for finding them a place to live and then the money from the government as a reward for tipping them off to the location. And it, what I got from it was that he's done this several times. Yeah, it's basically his whole his whole side gig. Yeah. Um, and 
um, really important is that the youngest of the, this one family ends up getting shot. And that's basically your catalyst for everything that happens. The, the authorities come to apprehend this family and take them back to the zone or throw them in jail or whatever. And the one son tussles. What I was looking for. Tussles with the authorities, and in the struggle, uh, his younger sister, who's probably the ages, kind of play fast and loose. Yeah, because apparently they can live for a really long time. Yeah, I think she. I think she looks around ten. Yeah, she ends up getting shot and killed, and that's where everything sort of breaks down. And you see, as well, basically, you get the emergence of Waru and Cohen's uncle Jimmy. Is yep, that his name? That's right. Um, who is the current clever man? And has been up to something with something. Sir Jorah Mormont. Who plays this philanthropist... Uh, Media baron yeah. type of thing. He owns the national broadcast. And basically. in three episodes, I don't know what's going on. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. So basically, Uncle Jimmy decides he... Whatever his reasons are, he wants out yes. of life, basically. I, I think maybe... I'm just going to put a theory out there quickly... Um, that he kind of regrets some of the stuff he's done. Possibly. Whatever he's been up to with, with Sir Jorah. Well, yeah. it's not as, not as a character. We're thing. just going to, but we're just going to call him Sir Jorah. His, his name might be Jasper in the, <laughs> in the, uh, Jasper Harris might be his actual name in the show. Whatever. He's Sir Jorah. I mean, that's what we're going to call him. So basically, uh, does he summon this thing? Some creature from the dreaming or something that suppose only shows up when things are out of balance. Yeah. Balance is always very important in mythology and folklore comes to the quote-unquote real world from wherever it comes and rips jimmy's heart out but in an amazing like it's like a sh- giant meteor shooting star that like yes. crashes into <laughs> the, to the sw- beach swims and, through the water yeah. and, and jimmy basically opens his shirt and is like come and get me yeah um and not before this happens does jimmy like spit some life force into a corpse yep that happens uh and passes the title and accoutrement of the clever man to Cohen. Um, which is, as you find out, part a spot of tension between the two much, half-brothers. Much to Waru's chagrin, yes. who believes he's been doing everything right and, you know, being the noble hero in this story and, you know, working for social justice, only for Uncle Jimmy to give the powers of the clever man to his good-for-nothing half-brother. Yes. Um. That all kind of happens in the first episode, and I really can't give you an update onto any of those story beats by the end of the third. Well, I mean, see, and then it gets it gets even more complex. So, yeah, correct me if this is really from the Game of Thrones school of storytelling. Like, yeah. like throw any more in if I forget. Okay. Uh, so we have the clever man. Yes. Thing. We have the girl in the lab. Yeah. Who is who Jimmy spit the life force into. Yeah. We have Waru's story exposing yeah. the, trying to expose the containment authority. We have at least five angles for whatever Sir Jor is up to. Yes. He's working with Jimmy. He's apparently working with the containment authority. Yeah. He's, he's having a baby or trying to, or have, trying a baby. to have a baby. He's building an arc. Yep. <laughs> There's like at least five angles there. Three threads from the family. Yeah. That Cohen double crosses before the kid getting shot. The older brother in jail. Yeah. The mom being sold into prostitution. Yeah. And the the, f- uh, the middle daughter on the run. Yeah. And the the government minister in charge of the containment authority who has a fetish for Harry's apparently. Yeah, which was a 
interesting and, at the end of third ep- third episode. And that's what this show is doing really well, and I will give it all the credit in the world for. Nobody is one note. No, no, you it's cannot very make complex. a decision on anybody based on what you see from them initially, yeah. or even after two episodes. You forgot a whole bunch of other things. Oh, please, please, I'm sure I did. There's the Sir Jorah's wife, the doctor. Right, she runs a clinic in the zone. Yeah. There is the the stepmom slash auntie dying of cancer. Right. Um, there is who the- is Waru's mom. Waru's mom. Waru yeah. and Cohen have the same dad, but not the same mom. Yeah. And there's a thing. There's a flashback where Waru is like beating trying... up Cohen while they were kids and spitting on him and trying to get his mom to get him to admit his mom was a white whore. So there's like yeah racial shadism tensions there. Yeah. Um. There is the beast that's still on the loose. That <laughs> I didn't even mention the giant monster that's killing. That's killing pretty white boys. Yeah. Um. There. I'm sure there was... Waru's having the affair with the reporter. Yep. Um, and his daughter found out about it. Yes. Jesus Christ, this fucking show. And there's... The da- daughter has... She's getting more... T- a little more time. She doesn't really have a storyline, but she knows about the affair, and she's trying to sort of continue the work her dad does and trying she to make... Found, right, she found the middle sister trying to get into the zone and yep. let her in through a back alleyway so she didn't have to go through a checkpoint sort of thing. Yeah. And then there's... there's the containment authority trying to set up this community. And then there are the soldiers who... Like, like beat up that kid and that one right. who keeps on causing trouble. The fallout from the jailbreak. Oh, and then there's that other Waru guy. killed a dude. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's that other guy who's working both with uh, Sir Jorah and the government. And he sort of came up in the second, third he's, a, he's in like the Brother Eye studio. He's the guy who like yeah. is always monitoring sort of thing. Yeah, and but he's also he also works in security. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> listeners... The show might be a little overstuffed, but it might have too many ideas by half, but it's really good. It's pretty good. I'm really enjoying it, but it is. I'm just frustrated that that there's so much like the show's called Clever Man. He's barely been in it. And we watched three episodes. Is that all? You only got to three? Yeah, but I really want I saw the, you know, and at the end of the episode where they showed the clip from the fourth episode. I really need to see the fourth episode. So, yeah, like you watch the first three and you're like. You got, we're at the halfway point. You got three left. Like, but hey, you know what? It's been picked up for a second season. It has been. And that's good news because we'll get, they'll explore more, I'm sure, um, and answer some questions. And, and you know what I'm going to give this show credit for? What? I've gone on record on the show as being like, I worry about shows like Steven Universe. Like I were, like I was done with shows with Glee the second they realized that they are important. Right. And it's hard to juggle that being important with being entertaining right. to the quote-unquote mass audience. This is an important show. Yes. It is steeped in Australian Aboriginal folklore and mythology. The cast is like 80% Aboriginal. That's right. It means a lot to the people who made it. Specifically, Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. But I don't feel like it's getting heavy-handed or important. Yeah. It juggles the importance and the allegorical the allegories about refugee politics or how aboriginals in australia have been treated sort of thing it, without sacrificing the you know you're getting your sugar with your medicine it's it's district nine yeah it is. in in a in a, a broad way you know it was a really entertaining movie but it was also it's all about apartheid yeah and it's also you know again about poverty and refugees and and in that case, actual, like, speciesism and mm. slash racism and, and it, you know, it really hits you 
in places that you weren't expecting from a sci-fi. But sci-fi can do that, right? They have a really good way of showing you issues we see every day in a different light or maybe in a stronger light. And I do agree. I think they make it very entertaining. Um, I think you were right before about uh, no, there are no characters that are one note. Um, they're all like, Waru is so complex. Yeah. I, I can't get over it. Same with Cohen. They're both extremely complex characters. There's a moment, it was very funny because I was thinking of Game of Thrones when the, the brother who's escaped from jail and the sister who's been running away meet each other again. She basically makes her way to yeah. the containment area. And you don't know whether they're going to be happy to see each other and whether they're going to fight. And they do end up having a fight. I um, thought she wasn't going to be. I, I didn't think she was going to be thrilled with them. Well, you know, but also she d- hasn't seen any of her parents, right? Sure. Or family. They've been gone for days. Um, and she, you know, that old woman said she'd never see them again, right? Mm. They're never coming back. Um, so she doesn't know. She thinks she's, you know, kind of been abandoned in a way. Um, so that, that. It's all, all the characters playing with each other are very interesting. But in that one scene with the fight, you basically have the argument about, like, you know, assimilate or not. Like, yeah. she's basically making the argument, if you just kept your fucking head down and well, not fought this injustice that was being pressed on us, our sister, our sister would be alive. But on the other hand, he's right that they shouldn't have to deal with this injustice. It is yeah. such a great injustice. I also, I really like things steeped in folklore and mythology yeah, you're a mythology nerd so. oh i love them i just i started looking up all kinds of aboriginal mythology i didn't know that they were like the oldest civilization in the world i had no idea they have an opening little spiel about that um yeah. and i've been, like looking stuff up like <laughs> for the last three or four days about it um so yeah i i Really like the show. I do agree. It's super, super filled with things. Oh, yeah. And then we didn't even talk about Cohen and his coworker having an affair. And like, she's going to die. Apparently, he's having visions of her dying. Yeah. But. Like, there's just so much going on. So, I mean, in some ways, they they do carry it, carry it off. But then some ways, they add scenes that I don't think they needed to add. I may be... Listen, we'll do updates in a few weeks. I may be completely like, hey, y'all pulled it off. Yeah. They may have gotten renewed because so many people want to know what the hell is going <laughs> yeah. on. You are not going to solve this in, you know, the remaining two and a half hours or whatever you have left. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's a lot going on. And I can acknowledge that can be a steep hump to get over. The same reason why I know people who can't do Game of Thrones. Right. Because they try to watch it and it's just like, what is happening? I'm one of those people. If Brandon got pushed out of that fucking window at the end of episode one, I probably wouldn't have stuck with Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot getting thrown at you at that point. Clever Man does a lot of the same things. I don't think it's totally pulling it off, but I haven't seen all of it. It may surprise me at the end. It may surprise us. So, yeah. What, what, okay, so kick punches. What about what about all the, like, the acting and the scenery and the everything um, else? It looks great. I don't know whose money is financing this, but like, you know, the only other Australian thing I've seen in recent memory is Franny Fisher and looked amazing. I always said Franny Fisher looked like Saturday night TV. This does not look like Saturday night TV. No. This looks it like, looks like the wire. Yeah. It's got this like 
I don't even want to call it griminess to it, but a realness to it yeah. that I think really helps me. And I was thinking about like it. It's shot, like, it shot on film. It looks like a movie. Like. And and because it's in it's in it's recent future. It's not like future future. I think that helps. They don't have to do a lot of like you know CGI nonsense. Yeah, should be mentioned as well. Uh, the effects are done by What a Workshop. Yeah. This is Peter Jackson's, you know, Lord of the Rings factory. They do the uh, they do the makeup, practical makeup on all the all the hairy men characters. And they've they've done a good job. They have. I mean, they're not like you said. They basically look like you know werewolves. It's not like I think that was crazy. A, but I think that was a stylistic choice. Actually, I probably think that was... so they wouldn't fall too deep down the practical effects hole. But yeah, like Kate said, it's near future, so you'll get like you know some security drones kind of flying around or some like you know or or the panel will be like fancy looking computers. Yeah. And, yeah. And things like that, but you don't have like spaceships or flying yeah. cars or shit like that. Yeah. Uh, stuff that will require a lot of potentially cheesy looking CGI. Yeah, it looks great. Um, the actors, for the most part, are really good. The two brothers are really good. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Uncle Jimmy was great, but I'll just chalk that up to him being old and probably not having a ton um, of acting experience. Even though I liked old Jimmy. He reminded me a whole bunch of old guys I know. <laughs> you know a lot of old guys like old Jimmy? Yeah. Maybe it's because, I don't know, it's just a Scottish thing to be old and mumbly and usually drunk. I don't know. And obviously, you know, I love me some Sir Jorah. Oh, yeah. Loving, loving whenever he shows up. Though I don't know what's going on with <laughs> what, him. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's up to something. He's been working with the clever man. He is, as of episode three, he has realized that Cohen is the... The clever man. He's the clever man. And there's and, a really... And prodded Waru about it. Yeah, and there's a really great scene where... Um, so he's talking to Cohen and then Cohen realizes like, oh yeah, I've got this power and to- goes to like shake his hand and then does, tries to do the, you know, when you do the shake and then you grab palm your palm over, yeah, palm over. And then, you know, Sir Jorah pulls his hand oh, away Oh, really I didn't quickly. even know. Look at you. I didn't even notice oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, knows really... what's up. You're not going to see anything about my life until I'm ready to tell you type yeah, of thing. And that's the thing. Cohen has like all these abilities and we know he has other abilities that he hasn't even realized yet. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, like, how are those going to play into things? And what are all these abilities? And who is the girl? Yeah, who she's clearly, the you know, some... The brought back to life girl? Like, Yeah, because every time Cohen will touch her, he will see, you know, flashes of nature. And then... And an old She will woman, be replaced by an old yeah. aboriginal woman, even though person, you know, the, the actress playing this girl is a very light-skinned, uh, young yeah. woman. Yeah. Um, who knows what's going on and she there. doesn't talk she never talks to him she does kind of weird things and like crawls on him and yeah things like that uh yeah and what, what, were, what are they doing in that lab in the first place i don't know they're, they're gonna take the are they trying dad to... from the family to the lab and, yeah and jorah's got a he's got a stake in the lab and what they're doing there as well like are they are they trying to figure out like how to live forever or are they maybe try, uh, trying to figure out like how to get powers like talk to people from the d- i i do not know so that's part of the reason i have to watch the rest <laughs> of the series so yeah there's it's it's a pretty good show it's probably not going to immediately wow you like you know stranger things did if you yeah. went to stranger things like <gasps> this is not the show that's going to do that no. it's a much slower burn yeah um, i agree i agree doesn't mean it's bad though there no. are, there are pleasures to be had there if you can stick through it uh yeah it's an eight for me oh really yeah i didn't expect it to be an eight i don't feel good giving it a seven i don't feel great giving it an eight either so why do you make it 7.5 
It's an A. I like what it's doing. All it's right. a low. It's a low A. It's, it's an eighty. It's an eighty percent. It's an eight for me as well. I, I mean, I'm. That's why I'm so surprised. I, I think I might be enjoying it more than you because of all the. <laughs> you usually do. Oh well, yeah. I'm. I'm pretty easygoing. Um, sorry, guys. I know that makes the ratings <laughs> a little bit skewed. I'm so optimistic and happy all the time. If only I was curmudgeonly like Jordan. I'll give you give you a few more years. <laughs> You'll get on my level. Um, but yeah, I I have been enjoying it. I really I'm hoping as the series goes on and maybe even next season they even put more folklore and mythology into it. But like, I mean, you know why it's an eight? Why? What am I always talking about? <laughs> uh, Japanese pop. <laughs> Besides that, fucking show me something new. Oh yeah, show me something I haven't seen before. Show me something that's not a recycling of a previous property. This is unlike anything I'm going to see or anything you are going to see, listener. And, it's doing something new. And that uh, alone makes it worth your time to at least check out. Ryan Griffin has said, you know, he made this show for his son. He is of Aboriginal descent. Yeah. He loves superheroes and sci fi and never gets to see anyone like himself on TV. And that's on... when you get the best shit. When and you that's... make stuff because you didn't, because you don't have it. When you make something to fill a need. Also called Star Trek. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. Callback there. Ugh, look forward to next week's <laughs> Star Trek news item. Hey, I might change it up. It might be Idris Watch. You don't know. P- the, listen, the people are hungry. People are hungry. Hey, I'm not going to make up Idris, Idris Watch, Watch. All right? I'm going to do it when it's relevant. Here's your Idris Watch for, uh, for August 8th. He's still hot. And he's an excellent actor. So that is a go from both of us for Clever Man. Yeah. It is available on Sundance. In America, Canadians, get creative. Yeah. I To be honest, I'm just going to let everyone know there, uh, out there, I streamed it. Gasp. I know. I, do, I feel so icky, but I have no way to get it. So did I. I just, I, that's what I wish. I wish people would be like, pay us, like, this amount of money to watch <laughs> the show. And I'd be like, I'm there. I will do that. I couldn't even, I tried to... Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff, like uh, HBO Go, I think it's called. Um, oh, don't even talk to me about that nonsense. Well, th- well, for those of you who don't know, HBO Go. <laughs> In Canada, we get fucked w- eight ways from you, Sunday. You have to already have a cable provider. HBO Go started basically as a way for HBO to say, like, hey, just buy this yeah. and you can watch all our shit. You yeah. don't need a cable package. So what does Canada do? Yeah. Demand you have a cable package to get HBO Go. It's the same thing with the WWE Network. That's the really wrestling sad. network. I'm it sorry. should just be Netflix for wrestling. You pay ten bucks a month, you watch whatever you want. Yeah. It's tied into like a fucking channel on Rogers Cable. Yeah. Like, and I I don't have cable. I can't you, afford you, to have cable. Neither do I. And then because I know people are like, Well then you can't afford to watch that show, but I want to support shows like Spending this ten dollars to buy a season of Clever Man yeah. is a lot less and more affordable. Than spending $150 a month for a fucking 100-channel package that you're only going to watch three channels of. Yeah. And I would like to support these things. I really, really would. It's just in the format, I can't do it. I remember the oatmeal. I think I talked about this before. The oatmeal had a comic. And it was like, I have tried to order Game of Thrones. <laughs> I have tried to download it from the appropriate, like, you know paying websites it will not have it in my area like there's no way other way for me to get this the basic logic is if you make it available people will pay for it if it's easy yeah 
but people don't know how to make it easy. The only time it's ever been made easy is with iTunes and like buying music. Yeah. Case in point, I you know, I don't do it often because I do I use mostly Spotify and YouTube and SoundCloud to listen to music. But song I wanted couldn't find anywhere. Only a short version on YouTube. It's not on SoundCloud. It's not anywhere. It was on the iTunes store, so I paid the fucking buck for it. Yeah. And I downloaded it. Poof. So easy. <laughs> You know what else is easy? I don't want to steal people. But like, you know what else is easy? Subscribing to our podcast. Yeah. And well, listening to us on SoundCloud. <laughs> that's going to come a little later. We're going to eject out of this conversation and briefly go over updates if we have any. Updates. Guess who finished Stranger Things? Oh, do, do, we, do, we both do, did then. Do, do. Oh, yeah. So we will we'll keep it brief So and relatively spoiler free for the senior, people. Senior correspondent was I told him I'm, I have to watch. We'd watch the first one together, but I was like, I have to watch these for the podcast. So just watch them on your own time, and then we'll watch stuff together. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Didn't work out that way? No. <laughs> I watched... I, I spent a night over at my parents, and I ended up watching like the rest of the season. And he was like, uh... Oh, on- the show went up on Friday because Papa definitely took a day. <laughs> <laughs> to watch a few Stranger Things episodes and edit the podcast. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's why your podcast was so late on Friday. So how, how we feeling? We feeling good about it? Yeah. I really liked it. I'm really excited for next season. Which apparently is all but a given, but not official yet. Not official, no. We, I think we said at the time that it was, surely it's been picked up for season two. It has not been picked up yet. Um, scuttlebutt I've heard in the aftermath since is that they, the Duffer Brothers feel they need to time jump it a bit if they come back for a season two okay by at least a year yeah that makes sense and they would like to do a video game to bridge to fill in that really? that year gap yeah that's really interesting so they are plotting their their multimedia narrative story empire based around stranger things and hey good on them um <laughs> why do you want to close this curiosity tour <laughs> one of my favorite fucking lines in anything <laughs> We're not going to spoil anything about the show. Dustin says, why do you want to close this curiosity door? <laughs> when he calls his teacher his at teacher, like 10 o'clock on which, a Saturday night. Which I love how we talked with the teacher and being kind of creepy. And then we see him later with a girlfriend. <laughs> with his Asian girlfriend. Yeah. It's like, yep, you're, but the, then he's you're the dude. But then he's explaining all about like the horror makeup and everything. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, um, intertextuality. Talking about the the makeup that are, that is famously used. Um, but yeah, Stranger Things still dope. I don't know if it's worth amending my rating. I gave it an eight. You gave it a nine. I think I'm still comfortable with that. I don't yeah. need to adjust it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm also really glad to see Winona Ryder back. I just gotta say, growing <laughs> up in the '90s, she was the the alt rock hero. She was she was your girl. Yeah, your girl. You watch anything else? <sighs> More Deep Space Nine, as More I mentioned. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Think about that. I'm gonna say. Borderlands? What the fuck happened at the end? What did happen at the end of Borderlands? Do you really want to know? You're going to play this game at some point. Okay, yeah, no. Things things took a turn when the vault wasn't what you think it is, and it came out of fucking nowhere, and then was over. I know I said in previous editions that yeah. the uh, the difficulty curves were pretty respectable. Yeah. And they were. Like, you encounter other enemies later in the game, this kind of, like, military militia force right. that's much stronger and more challenging, and I like that. And then there's a end boss that comes out of nowhere, and I basically stood in one spot and like spit machine gun bullets at it <laughs> for five minutes, and then it was over. Like huh. like the 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 girl who appears in the corner. Have you played any Borderlands? Do you nope. know this? 
you'll see like a little like staticky window open in the top corner, and this is the woman spirit angel. They call her the guardian angel. She's the one who's telling you what to do right. at certain points. She wants you to get to the vault. She hadn't even finished her little like helpful tip <laughs> of encouragement before I killed the thing. Huh? I was like, that was interesting. And then it was over. And like my little character went, really? That was it? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's uh, my thoughts exactly. Uh, it's open-ended in that way. You can still go back and do... Other it's not like the game's over. You can still go back and get do all the missions that you missed, and I will be doing that, and one way or the other doing some of the DLC, but... I did remember an update. Hmm. I have downloaded Pokemon Go. Have you? I have not started playing. <laughs> um, I also told Senior Correspondent that about the Pikachu thing, and he was so upset. He's like, damn it, I have a Squirtle for nothing. Yep. Um, so, but I'm going to make sure to do yeah, the Squirtle. Pikachu thing. I want a fucking Bulbasaur. What's my excuse? Yeah, what is your excuse? I just I always thought he was the cutest in the <laughs> show. <laughs> he is the cutest. Uh, I had mentioned Charizard, and then he was like, you know, Charizard's lame. Listen, you should have gone with him, though. Charizard? I see Squirtles all the fucking time. And I have seen a Bulbasaur in the wild. Yeah. I've never seen a Charmander anywhere. Huh. Listeners. Oh, that's Toronto listeners. Charmander. Tell me where the Charmanders are. Um, uh, and I think that's it. Uh, oh, um, no, I haven't. No, I'm trying to think going through all the things if I've done them. No. My, my just... brief Pokemon Go update. Uh, I, I've started dabbling in gyms. Okay. Um, I have a couple who are, I evolved my Eevee. My Eevee is strong enough. It's respectable enough. Usually lasts about five minutes if it's a popular gym. Well done. I will leave it there. And by the time I walk home, it has already been defeated. <laughs> like, right. thanks for that. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a couple respectable Pokemon in the roster that I can leave at gym. So that has now added another. I'm not totally getting my ass kicked all the time when I try this. So it's right. added a new element to the gameplay. Apparently, I, they just did an update. I haven't seen everything that has happened with it. but I'm excited. Like I said, I haven't done any... Any walking around yet, any Pokemon getting yet. And I've not, I, I have not played any of the other Pokemon games. So this is going to oh, be... Oh, neither have I. Yeah, this yeah. is my first Pokemon game ever. This is going to be a very new experience for me. Um, I was, before when I was trying to think of all the things I'd been doing this week, it was just a lot of grocery shopping. <laughs> there was the, no... I'm like, maybe... No, did I do something that day? No, just grocery shopping. Did I go see a movie? No, it was other shopping or cleaning or, you know, doing responsible grown-up things. So, stupid responsible grown-up things get in the way of the, the updates. Getting good food recently? Uh, nope, because it's all dairy-free. Right. Actually, I got a really good deal from Costco on guacamole. Nice. I'm really excited about this. But they did not have the um, couscous that has, like, cocaine Cuckoo. cocaine or nicotine in it. What? It's super addictive. Oh. <laughs> I ate, like, a giant thing of couscous in, like, no. two days. Not a thing that actually happened. <laughs> Just... Yeah, no. I just mean that they've put something in it because I'm not the biggest couscous fan, but this couscous is like crazy good. Couscous crack. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they didn't have it this time. I was very sad. Well, I'm very sorry. If you have a hookup on Costco couscous. Let me know. Costco couscous for Kate. Kate needs Costco couscous. <laughs> oh, we've reached that. The heat is here. <laughs> yep. If you would like to contact us in any form, it's usually geekdownpod. Our email is geekdownpod at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at geekdownpod. Our Tumblr is geekdownpod.tumblr.com. And the Facebook group is www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Mm -hmm. And you should post about what you 
have thought of Stranger Things or about anime or if you've seen Clever Man and you have a different rating than us or, you know, you want to let us know that it gets better, just just come on down. If you have something that you think we should check out for Kate and Jordan's August Watcharama. Or if you have warnings for Caitlin. Thank you again, Nisha. <laughs> yeah. um, you know something's coming down the pipe and <laughs> you think Kate should be prepared for it. Uh, just let us know. If you need to yell at me about anything, if if your avatar is an anime girl, you're blocked immediately. But if you like, to, if you would like <laughs> to yell at me about anything, you can do that on Twitter at Jordan underscore Ferguson. Caitlin plays it much smarter than me because if you want to yell at her, you can't because I don't exist because I listen or watch things by Anita Sarkeesian and know all the horrors <laughs> she's had to deal with. She's, so she's like, you know what, we're not going to do deal with that. Bye. Yeah. So I don't exist unless you want to get at me on the Facebook page and then I'll let Jordan read it and tell me if it's horrible first. <laughs> and that is going to do it for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Pod. And join us next week for uh, the third episode of our August Watcharama. So Radio Magic, we just took a break to look at some of the options that were out there because we decided, hey, friends. Well, why don't we let you know? Why don't we let you know ahead of time? Give you a pro tip so you can check out the thing that we're checking out if you really want to not have to be like, oh, I got to bail before the second half of the show. Yeah. Hey, if you got time, take a moment. Watch the first three episodes of what, Kate? Winona Earp. We're going to check out Winona Earp for next week. Yeah. I've, I've heard it's it's gotten some good reviews um, and it might be something that possibly we both like. Well, we'll see about that. Sounds girly. Curmudgeon. Why you gotta? Why you gotta take the t- take the pristine, name. the pristine memory of Kurt Russell in Tombstone <laughs> and get your dirty vagina all over? Because you know I'm just a horrible feminist. Well, we'll be talking about that next week, friends, and we hope you will join us for it. As always, we are super thankful that you choose to spend an hour and change with us every week. It is awesome, and um, it's been awesome, and it's going to be awesome. Listen, we'd be doing it. Either way, because we like each other and we like talking about bullshit. Yeah, but. and I like yeah, I like you know having something to do. <laughs> and uh, we're happy, but we're happy that you choose to do it along with us. And we hope you will join us again for another episode of the Geek Down next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson, and my name is Caitlin McKinnon, and we will see you then. See you then. Your page is tapping on the table, and I want to punch it. Thank you. (laughs) There's the tag. (laughs) You ass. (laughs) Why? It's driving me nuts. I'm sure you're going to hear it in the playback now. It's all like tap, tap, (laughs) tap, tap, tap. Sounds like Morse code.